0: How you doing, Stuart? I'm very well, TJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to talk again. I, uh, I look forward to our little Monday conversations.
1: Well, how was your weekend? Did you get up to anything good?
0: It was actually really nice. Um, the weather was nice on Saturday. Uh, we went out and about with no real agenda and a bit of a wander. Uh, had some nice coffee, some nice food. And that was pretty much the by and large of it. And then we were uh, up with relatives on Sunday having dinner. So a nice chill weekend.
1: Fantastic, sounds ideal. Was your weather good over there? Saturday was good,
0: Sunday was darker, today was grey. Okay,
1: well that sounds pretty reasonable for the time of year.
0: It's not a bad spread. I've had better and I've had worse, so I guess middle of the road. What about you?
1: Oh, me? Oh, I was on a um, uh, drinking extravaganza, uh, occasionally (laughs) punctuated by some golf.
0: Well, that sounds uh, very enjoyable as well.
1: Yeah, we were down in, uh, in sunny Cornwall for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, three rounds of golf of varying standard. Um, and as I say, punctuated with the odd, uh, the odd beverage of the adult variety. Um, some laughter and, yeah, hijinks. It was all great fun. Had a lovely time um, and felt, well, a little bit tired today, but um, still managed to get through the working day okay. So.
0: Good stuff, yeah, good all stuff. All in all,
1: good result. The sun, by the way, is cracking the flags here. It's still still glorious.
0: No, we got middling gray, I think is the the brand that they're pushing here. It's uh it's not horrible, but it's also not abundantly pleasant. So
1: meh. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Nondescript. Okay, well let's get into it then. Let's talk about our regular things. What are we what are we writing with and on? So mine has changed a little bit. I've been um Experimenting
0: with the Field Notes fifty-six week planner that you sent me, and that's sort of become my daily driver for mapping out my week. Um, I'm enjoying it; it's it's quite fulfilling actually to sit down, like you mentioned, uh, first thing in the morning, and sort of plot out where the the broad strokes of my week are going to be, and what days are you know what days are looking like and what things are happening when. So I started looking at a system to use for that. You know, had a little bit of a look at the bullet journaling system and a couple of other things. And there's nothing that fits my needs exactly. But I'm still kind of homebrewing something along those lines um, and trying things out. So at the minute, I thought I was going to go all pencil. And in a shock upturn, I have gone all pen in that planner. Good Lord. I know. So at the minute, I'm writing in my Field Notes 56-week planner with two very very fine Polish fine liner markers that I got when I was in Krakow. They are point one, so they're very fine.
1: One is oh, black wow.
0: and one is green.
1: You're in you're in Brad Dowdy territory there with those uh, fine liners.
0: <laughs> I must That's admit, I really thing. like the fine line. Um, I, I enjoy a g- good chunky pen as well, but something about the really fine line just gets me. I think it's more visible on my coastal as well because of the the reticule is quite dark. Um, so pencil is is fighting with the reticle at all times whereas the black pen jumps through it so i'm enjoying it for that too but um yeah i was looking at and we, we discussed this last time about you know do you have 15 colors and scented markers and all these different washi tapes and all to annotate your week and at what point does it stop being a functional piece of paper and start being a artwork that you've spent too much time on um so I went with a very simple system of black things are for work and any color is for personal life. And that's about well, as deep as it gets.
1: Still pretty organized. I mean, that's
0: yeah.
1: uh, a lot more than I do. I don't really experiment with color at all in mine.
0: I find it helps to delineate when things are and where things are. So I can look and see what days are busy in work, where, you know, that's eight to five or whatever it is. And then what days are busy outside of work, which is sort of 6 p.m. onwards. So I know, oh, I haven't got any time that day or, yeah, it's looking pretty good. I can go to the cinema then or I could maybe go for a bike ride or something. So I know when my, my free days are at a glance rather than having to read down the the list of things for every day.
1: And how's your, uh, how's your field notes coping with this uh, abuse from fine liners?
0: It's very good, yeah. Uh, again, they're fine, so they're not abundantly heavy they don't seem to be bleeding through they don't seem to be terribly visible on the other side so for me being not a pen guy i'm really enjoying the pens and they they work really well for this instance i was a little hesitant about the lack of erasability but it just uh assume excellence at all times and then i won't have to have erasability
1: well there's nothing wrong with a little bit of crossing out now and again yeah, yeah.
0: but again i think that's that's into the territory of if I am so particular about this book that I can't spoil it and it's got to be pristine, then am I actually using it and is it functional?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in the modern world, if if our days went as we planned them, we'd all be very, very happy. That's just not the way life works, is it? Or very bored. Yeah, I mean, you, you put a plan in and then uh, a boss person or just somebody interesting walks through the door and suddenly plans go out the window. All goes to pot.
0: Yeah, that's the way
1: it is. So, thoroughly
0: enjoying pen on paper, which is not something I normally do. So, a bit of a change.
1: Well, there we. Are. Well, you know, clearly it's some sort of switch that we're doing subconsciously, as <laughs> I'm still, um, as I have been for weeks now, um, using pencils. Um, I've something got in the air. A Centenary Blackwing there. Um, approaching Steinbeck. I, I, I'm reckoning it'll be Steinbeck later this week. Okay, good stuff.
0: I started a jar in my office for um, pencil stubs because I hadn't had oh, one before.
1: Jar. Oh, so the stub a have beautiful a little, thing, the stub jar.
0: A little milk jar type thing that I had uh, iced coffee in it the other day, and it's about you know, six to seven inches tall, like a milk bottle shape, a little thinner, and it's got three stubs in it, and there are more going in every week.
1: I'm guessing you've got a, a, a little supply of stubs hidden away, have you? I have my original ones. Yeah,
0: I've got my first ever Blackwing that ever just a stub in a box in the studio. And I have a lot of the other ones that I've kept over the years dashed away. But um, because I'm not in the studio an awful, awful lot, they kind of sit there. And I don't want to bring that box in because it's a false sense of effort given that <laughs> I have not done anything with those this year. So I want to measure my productivity and output in uh, pencils used this year in this job.
1: I have to say, whenever I post a photo of, of the Stub Jar on on Instagram, I always get a flurry of hits from people who sort of <laughs> clearly, I think, do the same thing. That or it's just sort of
0: kindling their ambition to do that. You know, oh, I'd love a jar of effort.
1: Well, absolutely. But that's, you know, <laughs> if, if you're a Stub Jar person, you need to sort of uh, focus on the soft core pencils because you can you can burn through those babies really quickly
0: i mean if you get an electric sharpener you can fill one in a day
1: (laughs) again i think we're back (laughs) into the realms of false effort there
0: aren't we well it depends on who sees it if no one sees you sharpen them
1: (laughs) (laughs) if nobody hears you sharpen did it really happen (laughs) uh yeah so i'm i'm using my centenary i'm still in the barren fig um i i I think it'll probably make it through to the end of the podcast, but that'll be about it.
0: Okay. Um, the
1: end of this episode
0: or the end of the of its entire run?
1: <laughs> no, the end of this episode. Oh, okay. That's um, good. And then I'm going into... I've got a choice, actually, but I think I'm going to be going into a Palomino notebook. Um, Ooh, one of the Forest Choice ones? Yeah, this sort of... Uh, not the Forest Choice, no. The um, Red and Black... Uh, sorry, mm. not red. That's a little unfair. Sort of orangey black Palomino. Um, it's one of the Flex notebooks. So it's an A6 sort of pocket size um, book with a kind of... It's a, it's a cardstock cover, but it's kind of plastified. Wow. Um, I don't know this one. Saddle stitched. Um, sorry, that's not true. It's, it's Singer stitched. So it's actually got uh, sewn binding. Um, and it's really quite a nice-looking notebook. I'm quite looking forward to giving that one a go, actually.
0: Mm. Yes, I must admit, one of the notebooks you gave me uh, when we were together in Belfast was the uh, Story Supply Co., uh, the little kit. And I opened that up and had a look and really pleasantly surprised with the, the format and the, the quality of that. It's a really nice-looking notebook.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the Story Supply um, sort of backstory, if you'll excuse the repetition of the word story, um, is, is a story.
0: <laughs> um, it's a
1: great story from Story Supply and their backstory. Um, now, it's it's really cool. The uh, Vito Grippy, uh, who heads up the company, he's a teacher, and part of the reason behind Story Supply is to provide uh, writing equipment to to public schools in the states. Mm-hmm. Very simple. For every set of notebooks that he sells, he donates uh, to a specific school so you actually get a little note in your notebook as to what you've donated to
0: that's very cool
1: uh yeah and the story supply kit is uh is something that they give to kids to try and sort of spark their imagination to to get them going a little bit Um, it's a wonderful idea and i think probably some of the best paper that you can get in the states in terms of pocket notebooks Mm. a bold bold claim i'll have to give that a go yeah, we will we will come back to that a little later, I'd imagine. Lovely. So, what are you uh, watching or listening to? So, I'm not watching
0: very much at the moment. Um, Still meaning to... I did watch a couple more episodes of Lost in Space. I keep meaning to watch a few more. Uh, but uh, time still eludes me. I did sit down and write another episode of Wood and Graphite the other night. I got my script written for an interesting video on something a little different. Um, and I won't cool. spill the beans just yet, but I'm... I enjoyed writing the, the the video, so I'll sit down and see what I need to shoot to make that video happen. But hopefully, the next week or so, maybe a new video. So that was good crack. Great um, stuff. Then I'm listening to podcasts again. So I finished Earthcore. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Better ending this time. There's a good ending last time, but he's rewritten it. He's a better writer now, and uh, Scott Sigler did it justice. Good story. Good ending. So, finished that and thought rather than launch into another audiobook, well, I actually did launch into another audiobook, but before I got too deep into that, I thought, right, I'll go and catch up on my podcast, which I've been neglecting. So, started listening to Not Another D&D Podcast again and hopefully catch up on a few of the other ones that I've been sort of putting in the corner and ignoring. Cool. And you're still enjoying walk in the Woods?
1: Yeah, I mean, I only sort of really touched the edge of it. I've just started uh, listening to it because I've been doing a big podcast catch-up, uh, particularly with a weekend away because of essentially I've lost three days of listening time. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's probably, I probably listen to two or three hours a day of podcasts. No,
0: oh, good stuff. So, Is that on your walks?
1: Yeah, it tends to be on the commute into work or in the afternoons uh, in work once Claire has, has left. Mm-hmm. and there's just the CEO and I um the the choice then comes down to some podcasts or uh some vinyl mm-hmm. good um, choice well the the, the the vinyl is great for sort of kicking back um and, and uh you know maybe enjoying myself and not being perhaps as productive as I should be but focusing on mental health perhaps um i think yeah. that's important um the podcasts i i tend to It's a new habit, but I enjoy having a podcast on in the background while I'm catching up with stuff, whether it be admin or um, even writing uh, posts or Mm, um, doing orders, whatever it is that I need to get done in the business. Um, I find a podcast is quite unintrusive. So occasionally I do have to sort of stop and rewind 10 minutes because I've I've just disappeared somewhere.
0: Yeah, I can't Um, do it when I'm doing uh, editorial work. I can't listen to words when I'm writing words, but if it's creative work, if I'm doing Illustrator or Photoshop or graphics or anything like that, all day long podcasts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Broadly that, I mean, I I can write. um, Where I struggle is if I'm, at the moment I'm learning lines for for my play. Mm -hmm. Uh, And obviously if I'm trying to sort of make noise to help me (laughs) memorize things, then listening to another noise in the background doesn't really help. So that's probably the only time the office goes quiet.
0: I did start listening to a podcast on work, actually, while just talking about busy work and graphics stuff. Um, a podcast I listened to before, recently got back into it. Uh, Cortex. It's another one of my oh, okay Yeah, yeah it's Curley one of the and, um, ones, yeah. CGP Grey. So That's yeah,
1: the fellow. Uh,
0: yeah. I like the way his brain works.
1: Yeah, he's he's um, he's to me at least he's uh, quite a rare beast in that he's an American eccentric to a certain extent. <laughs> um, yeah, his, his I'm still not convinced
0: are, he's not a robot.
1: <laughs> well, there could be that, but his views are quite <laughs> firm. I mean, once he takes a position, uh, he really adheres to it, doesn't he? In terms of yeah. uh, you know what he thinks is the most efficient or effective way to work. I think it's a good position to have,
0: though. Defend your position with uh, with honour until proven otherwise, until you can see something reasonable to say, yeah, no, actually, that's a better way to do it, or that wasn't correct, and then you can change tact, but otherwise, stick your guns.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's a lot so, to be said for it. I agree with you. But yeah, Cortex
0: is uh, good sort of thinking, lis- listening, if that makes sense. It doesn't. Um, when I'm working away on Illustrator or something, it's nice to have two people with nice voices talking about something vaguely intelligible.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's it's on my list. It's one of my regulars. I, I enjoy Corsets. Yeah.
0: I remember when it started, actually, that. And Hello Internet is another one with CGP Grey. And Brady Haran, I think, the Australian. Um, that's another good one, Hello Internet.
1: All oh, right, I shall have to look that one out. I don't know that one.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm feverishly writing down notes. Here. You might even be able to pick that one up because I'm quite close to I'm the determined
0: moment. to destroy that barren fig. Just fill it up with anecdotes before the end of the podcast. That's okay? it.
1: I, I may well write a novel uh, while <laughs> we're waiting. <for> <laughs> now, in reading, what are you reading? Th- there was a hint of a TJ tantrum here. Tantrum is a very
0: strong word. I would say, strop perhaps, or I did, I did say uh, hint
1: huff. of a tantrum, which is perhaps <laughs> equal to a
0: strop. So, um, and I, I'm. It's not because of your choice. We switched our show notes from Google Docs to uh, Apple Notes. I think, and mm-hmm. um, this is not in any way a negative point against your choice. It was more a, an issue I have with the way Apple tends to do things so
1: oh, i think it's a very fair point um having hit return several times and got frustrated
0: yeah and so i was trying to write my notes in apple notes after you know having to install the new high sierra whatever it is um because i just dutifully ignored that for about three months um and finally because i needed to be able to share notes and couldn't do that without upgrading i had to upgrade so i upgraded this afternoon got all that sorted finally got the notes set up imported the tables looked glorious fantastic this is going to be really straightforward wrote something down hit enter to make a new line within that cell of the table no bueno Move down to the next cell and i did that thing where you know it doesn't work but you keep doing it because you think well this time this time if i hit it hard (laughs) enough i get annoyed enough so i did that for about maybe two minutes trying various combinations of what well, maybe it's command enter or maybe it's shift enter or maybe i have to click here a little bit and then move it to the left and then hit enter so i tried all variants there and googled it and tried to find it and there's no one talking about it as far as i can see so i had to do basically dash 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 so that i could have a gap so when i'm reading my show notes i can see my stream of consciousness which is normally indicated by hitting the enter key and having a, a separate line but is now indicated by a nice triple dash between sentiments um, because apple won't let me do it and it it, kind it, is, of, it
1: is odd mm. there must be a way to do it and also perhaps it's just tables because i know yeah. tables in google are a bit awkward if yeah. you don't speak google if you you know <laughs> if you're trying to sort of copy or cut paste and stuff
0: but yeah i um i would say a little bit stroppy a little bit annoyed. It was about two o'clock or something at this stage. And I was trying to put this in and I was trying to do other stuff as well. So I thought, I know what I want to write. I know the words I need to put into this table. This table won't let me put those words in the right place. And then it started auto-correcting things that I was trying to write. I wrote fine liners and it auto-corrected it like six times. And I wrote it <laughs> and then kept writing. I went, ah. Oh. Went back to it, changed it to fine moved on. It changed it again. Back and forth, back and forth. So it's this kind of, and I realize it's such a first world problem, but it's this kind of frustration with the way Apple dumbs things down to a fault. It's, you know, lowest common denominator, make it easy, friendly and, you know, snappy UI that anyone can pick up and understand, which is great, except if you're a power user and you know what you want to do, and this app does it differently than every other app on the planet because it seems more intuitive. Yeah,
1: no, I think I think that's probably a, a fair criticism. <laughs> Although it does look prettier than Google Maps, it
0: looks so. really nice. It looks really good. And again, it's one of those things that Apple makes things that are shiny and clean and work well. As long as you don't have any precondition you know, sort of preconceived notion of how it should work, then the Apple way is perfect. So I bought a a really nice, expensive Logitech mouse. And it's a glorious mouse, and my hand is really nice and ergonomically seated now when I went to work. But because a MacBook scrolls, what do they call it? Like natural scrolling or something? Where
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you it, can turn that off, by the way.
0: I did, so I turned it off so that the mouse would operate normally. Because if you have a mouse plugged in, the scroll bar on a mouse is completely unintuitive because it is the opposite of what you wanted to do. And so I turned it off the mouse. But then now, anyone who touches my laptop, my MacBook, immediately goes, there's something wrong with this. It's going the wrong way. What You've got the set wrong. And so it's this <laughs> consistent snagging point of, I know it's wrong, but it's right for the mice the I'm using, so just go with it. But if they just did it like everybody else, this wouldn't be a problem. So, yeah, every now and again I get very frustrated at the way Apple does things. It's just I,
1: indicative of... It's- it's one of those things, isn't it? You've got to be in one ecosystem <laughs> or another. And I straddle if, the
0: ecosystems. I really, I use both in work and my phone is Android. Uh, so yeah, I have no hope whatsoever. Just get no, used to yeah, the I, gripe.
1: I was very, very similar. Everything at uh, Pocket Notebooks was run on on Google um, and to a certain extent still is G Suite and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, my my own sort of workflows outside of Pocket Notebooks were all on a Mac. And I I battled on for oh nearly two years, <laughs> um, but but some of this stuff I just had to get rid of of the Google stuff partially yeah. because I'm just a little bit concerned what they're doing with all my data. But um, you're right, it's it, it doesn't actually matter which one you use. I, th- I think Microsoft is a is a third option where everything works in a very straightforward and simple way if you know that straightforward and simple way. <laughs> Uh, as long as you don't know,
0: know any other way, yeah. Exactly. If
1: you know another straightforward and simple way, then it all becomes very confusing very quickly.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's the most first-world problem I have um that my notes app is not set up to my particular preferences, but um my goodness does it not cause me some hassle sometimes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I was we talked about this actually in Belfast briefly how um you know, I I have some friends who are Um, Very much in the Twitter world, some friends who are very much in Facebook and Messenger, some Mm -hmm. friends who swear by WhatsApp, um, and some people who only use Slack. And then when you get a group of people on either a group conversation or a project, first of all, you have a 35-minute discussion about which app to use. Yeah. And then you discover that... Um, person A doesn't have notifications switched on in that app because they don't believe in notifications, which, as we've said a couple of times, is another episode. <laughs> yeah, um, many strong feelings. So you have this amazing conversation going on across four different applications, of which no two people have the same notifications switched on. <laughs> so yeah, if, if you did it by phone or in the pub, it would take 10 minutes but because you are using electronic labor-saving devices, uh, it takes four weeks.
0: Labor-generating devices sometimes.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I get it. I get it. But um, the the hoops we jump through to have an all-digital lifestyle.
1: Well, it means you get to play with your nice shiny toys, whether they be Apple ones or Android ones.
0: Speaking of toys, I was playing with a laser cutter recently, which was a whole heap of
1: fun. I saw a little bit of Instagram action around that.
0: Yeah, it's such an amazing piece of kit. It's a Glowforge 45-watt CO2 laser cutter. And my goodness, it is glorious. It just, and you it get makes to me play
1: happy. with it. Why?
0: Uh, we have one at work, and I have the key to the room that it's stored in. That's pretty much the, the gate that I had to get past. Um, that would do it. So I've been testing it recently to make sure that, A, we can operate it, and B, the kind of Limitations and um, benchmarks or what we can do with it. And then I can apply that to various projects I'm working on. So at the minute, I've been mean laser cutting just little keys, little bits and pieces, just to sort of test the system, test different things. And um, it's really, really cool. Uh, I've done a lot of 3D printing as well. And 3D printers are awesome. But I don't know if you know, when you set a 3D printer off, it's you're talking decades of minutes, minimum. So even the most basic print is like an hour. And that is a, right. that is a very basic, very quick print. More likely you're talking six, seven hours for some things, 14 for others. It really depends on the size and scale. And it just wow. takes time. Um, there's a couple you can get for maybe 30, 45 minutes, but even then that's, that's still a wait. Laser so cutting, different ball game. I can design something in Illustrator, put it on a memory stick, plug it in, and have it in my hand in a minute and a half. Oh, cool. So it's really immediate, really satisfying, and really good for prototyping because you're like, I think this thing works. And looking at it on paper or on screen, it looks like it works. But until I hold it, I won't know what's wrong with it or I won't know where I can go, you know, fix things. So you just cut one out and it does it like magic. And then you have it and you go, oh, of course, I need to tweak this, this, this. And then you go back and fix it. It's fantastic. It's so much fun.
1: So I'm expecting some, some designer uh, paperweights <laughs> within the week.
0: I did, I did cut an 1857 little square. I don't know if I've shared that one. I do have one. You and I did? Will cut you another. did share that? Yeah. I will cut another. I have planned to stick one on the post for you. So um, I will noodle around and see what I can come up with. But there is one destined to arrive on your doorstep sometime. So yeah, keep your eyes open.
1: Looks, I mean, it does look... Um I mean, I don't know the work that goes behind it, but if you say it you know takes a few minutes, that's quite incredible because they do look like sort of you know professional pieces of kit
0: for all intents and purposes it is a professional piece of kit um this one works on a web app, so you basically connect it to the internet and then upload your designs and there's a little camera inside that will read the material it shows you the material on the screen, and so you size your prints or your cuts by placing like a a reticule over the image of what's in the bed. So you can like move it around on the material and just fit it in among whatever cuts you've made already and then just hit a button and it'll go. And um, very fast, very, very cool. But um, yeah, it's fast enough if you know what you're doing. I'd say you need a pretty good grasp of Illustrator to be able to make the files you need. Um, Mm -hmm. And part of that is I've been doing that for 10 years. So I'm pretty quick at that now. But um, there are a bunch of pre-designed things you can buy or download to print off with it. But I'm having a lot of fun experimenting, so I did a few sort of things that I've built, like 3D objects, which sort of um, mortise and tenon joint together. Um, So experimenting with that, because there's a lot of projects I'm hopefully doing that will be able to filter in there. So it's another toy, right? And when I get a toy, all the projects I have after that feature that toy, because I want to play with it. So... It's really good crack.
1: Well, that's the point of the toy, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I'm having a lot of fun. And hopefully whenever I send you something, you'll enjoy it as
1: well. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so um, in between playing with expensive laser cutters, uh, what are you drinking?
0: Uh, This weekend was a purely Heineken weekend. I had uh, a couple of Heinekens at a family get-together. And it was nice just to get something plain and simple.
1: Very, very good. Well, as I as I said, I was on the uh, the golfy weekend, so it's pretty much drinking everything, all of the things. Um, <laughs> there was a kind of uh, a sort of naval bent to to the weekend. It was organised by some guys who play out of Yeovil, which has got loads of navy connections. So there were loads of guys from the navy or from the navy flying corps. Um, or from the MOD, or sort of helicopter firms, Westland, that sort of thing. Um, there was also a guy who works for the Renault Formula One team, which was hmm. pretty cool. As you do. Um, he was he was somewhere, I think, in engines. Um, I'm not sure, but there was some talk about aerodynamics, and it was quite scathing. I didn't understand a word of it. Um, <laughs> So I have to be honest, motor racing to me, I, I watch, I love watching people watch motor racing because I'm (laughs) fascinated as to how they could find something so dull in my eyes. So fascinating. Yeah. That's me with most sports. uh, To me, it's like, oh, look, that guy changed gear there all on his own. Um, (laughs) It it doesn't strike me as the most testing of skills, but um, I mean, I'm sure it is. Don't get me wrong. I'm I don't think I could drive at 100 and a lot miles an hour around a circuit.
0: Well, Um, I could, but I wouldn't be able to do any of the turns. I could just go on the straight bit and then crash and burn at the end, but I could definitely drive it.
1: I I, I have to say I'd probably be with you on the the straight things, but then I have a healthy dose of cowardice, so I would probably slow down pretty considerably for all those turny bits.
0: (laughs) That's what the walls Uh, are
1: for. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mm-hmm. yeah, I suspect I would probably fail on that very point. Um, I, apparently, going faster is better, so they tell. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, because of that, there was quite a lot of port, um, particularly uh, on the first tea in the morning. There was quite a lot of port, which is uh, <laughs> an interesting way of treating a hangover, I have to say. Um, so yeah, there was plenty of drinking going on, and I'm, as a consequence, I'm being very healthy this week. Um, But yeah, yeah, all good innocent fun. And we recommend responsible drinking here at 1857. Exactly. Right. So parish notices. Um, We had some correspondence. Well, I've had some correspondence from a few people, actually. Um, We had uh, either one of our listeners or our listener from Israel. Um, I'm not entirely sure which. Um, I don't want to mention his name because I haven't. Asked his permission, um, but be- he heard us on eighteen fifty seven, and he's just subscribed to uh, a couple of the the subscriptions that we offer. So I am very pleased oh, well, to welcome him to Nero's Notes, um, and and thanks to eighteen fifty seven for that. Uh, we had um, a very nice note from Robert Killingson uh, on the podcast and the uh, the subscription from from Nero's Notes. So. Thank you very much, Robert. And we had an email from, or not an email, a tweet from Brian, Brian Friedlander, uh, who's written to us before, who's actually come up with the subject that we're going to have as a topic tonight, uh, mm-hmm. if we ever get there. So uh, yeah, lots of correspondence. Loving that. Thank you. Keep it up. Write to us. Yes. If you write to us, you get, get some notebooks back from me. Um, but we also try and respond to, to any communication, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or uh, wherever.
0: Carrier pigeon, whatever floats your boat.
1: Yeah, carrier pigeon is also good, although I'm not quite sure how the CEO would feel about that.
0: Probably very, very happy for, and then very, very aggressive.
1: Yeah, very barky would be my <laughs> guess.
0: Oh, phone's buzzing in the corner.
1: Any parish notices from you?
0: Uh, nothing terribly interesting, although we do now use Slack and we've been experimenting with it for a little bit. So I think I think we're just about ready to open it up to potential listeners if they want to come and have a chat whether that's during the show before the show after the show so um you've written here tweet or email for an invite and we'll we'll keep it small to start and see where it goes
1: yeah absolutely uh people uh give us a shout uh either on uh tj's twitter account my twitter account or uh any of the emails uh so you can do Stuart at Stuart Lennon dot com that would work or Stuart at Nero's notes dot UK or dot com that would work um, or yeah as I say either of the Twitter accounts um, give us a shout give us your email address we'll send you an invite because that's how Slack works apparently yeah.
0: we'll keep it keep it on the DL and uh, just see what people think if it's useful if it's nice if it's uh, enjoyable and if it is we'll go a little wider
1: absolutely seems like a good plan
0: so now that we've covered the broad strokes, the regulars, are we ready for this week's topic? I think we probably are,
1: mate. Why don't you lead us in?
0: So this week, it's Notebooks 2, the gritty sequel.
1: The tough the tough second album.
0: <laughs> I was thinking Alien, Aliens, but yeah, sure, albums are good too. Um, so I think for this one, we're going to divide it into what we use within those Notebooks rather than the notebooks themselves. Um, so there'll be a little bit of everything in this, but I think we'll open with your specialty, which is pens. And then we'll maybe come back and talk about what pencils we use and what notebooks to round For out sure. the rest of the show. So do you want to, okay. see? this is your jam, do you want to take it away?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I say, this came from Brian, who uh, was interested to know about pairing up sort of pens and notebooks or, and pencils and notebooks. Um, the pens question is probably the more complicated one, I think, because yeah. pens, pens are, are a little bit fussy about paper. Um, yeah. If, like me, you're a big fan of sort of wet or broad-nibbed pens, then the first question would be why are you using a pocket notebook, because you can probably only get three words per page. Um, but if, like me, you do like to use a pocket notebook with a fountain pen. Then I think you need to look quite carefully at those notebooks. Um If you, uh, I use a double broad Kaweco Sport, a brass sport. You know that sort of iconic Kaweco that you get the amazing pattern on. So when now, you say that, double
0: broad, what is that? Is that the tip? Then that's the
1: nib. Yeah. So um nibs tend to go. Uh, there. There are some speciality ones, but. In terms of the standard nibs, you've got extra fine, fine, medium, broad, and double broad. Um, so the double broad lays down quite a thick line. Um, mm. And as a consequence of that, you know, pure physics, it, it puts a lot of ink on the page. Yeah. Uh, so if you have paper that is uh, absorbent or uh, a little bit thin, then it will struggle to cope with a pen that puts down that much ink. Uh, so many of the American branded notebooks will struggle to cope with uh, one of my bigger inky pens. But uh, when I say they struggle, I mean, in fairness, I can still read my writing. It's just that the the letters will have feathered a bit. There'll be quite a lot of show through. There may be some bleed through. Um, but as my notebooks are not intended to be works of art, that doesn't actually bother me too much. Yeah. Um, it does, however, bother other people. So um, for fountain pen users who, who talk to me about what to use, what what notebooks to use, I tend to have sort of three stock answers for them. One is they can go to the Far East, so they can go uh, to Japan and find some Tomoe River paper. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually sell some that we source uh, from the US from a company called Kerno or Kurnow bookbinders who are in California, they make a Tomoe River notebook for us. Uh, Tomoe River is uh, it's very, very fine, thin paper. It's almost like tracing paper, if you remember that.
0: It reminds me of the, you know, the the red Bibles that you used to get? That's it, yeah. Gillian Bibles or whatever they're called. It reminds me of the thin Bible paper.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crispy, um, and it's brilliant for showing off sheen, um you do get show through because the paper is so thin. Um but ink dries on it very well without really feathering it. It does take a while. Um dry times are not fast on Tobay River. Um but some people love it. And there are some variations on that, Japanese and uh Korean paper. So you can find notebooks like Life from Japan, Noble, um the Japanese brands High Tide, um all of those guys have very fine paper that works very well. Sorry, very well with a fountain pen, although you, dry times are pretty slow. Um, yeah, well,
0: that's to be expected given that a lot of the uh, the kanji and the Japanese and Chinese lettering would be quite calligraphic. So you're yeah, going to have exactly. that kind of thick bold exactly strokes that. and dark lines, and so it makes sense that they know what they're doing with lots of ink.
1: Yeah I mean it it's lovely if it's your thing um it is very <laughs> yeah. divisive um and just for the guys on the erasable I'll say it's marmite um some people <laughs> loathe it and some people love it um I'm probably in the former camp I'm not a big fan uh I, it's dry, drying time annoys me because I I don't have any patience it's not my thing
0: That worries me that kind of thing like I always worry about writing something in a pocket notebook, closing it, and then just obliterating both pages with smudge.
1: Yeah. That's, Uh, that's the world that you, you risk becoming a part of. Um, There are alternatives. Um, The, the French make some cracking notebooks. Uh, The big brand is, is Claire Fontaine who have been making exercise books for school kids in France for forever. Um, Claire Fontaine, uh, Also has a brand called Rodia, which any fountain pen user will be familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a sort of coated, it's almost like a vellum-y paper. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Um, Again, dry time is not massively quick, but it's not massively slow either with with Rodia. Um, And Clairefontaine's do dry uh, faster. Clairefontaine is whisper it, but I think it's probably better paper. It's a little bit toothier. It's a little more absorbent. It's not coated like the Rodea paper. It's not mm-hmm. as premium, if you like. Um, but for an everyday notebook, uh, y- you will struggle anywhere to get better value than Clairefontaine. They make big notebooks with great paper. Um, so a Clairefontaine probably has double the pages of a, of a field notes. Wow. Um And i think we touched on this before uh the take note podcast i can't remember who it was whether it was ted or or adam but you know they were finding that very very difficult because the book went on forever
0: Um, i just can't finish this thing
1: yeah which kind of just detracted from their enjoyment of it which you know I, i know what they're saying actually i do know i do know what they're saying so i'm finding that with some of my a5 books um but also alongside alongside Fontaine, you've got uh, Calipino, who are sort of a, a family firm based out of Rennes. Uh, Fabrice, the guy that runs that, again uses really good paper, really nice covers. He also makes some great leather covers, incidentally. But um, fabulous notebooks, cheapest chips, really not expensive, but much much better paper quality than you might get from the other side of the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, and then the third place to go looking for, for sort of high quality paper notebooks for fountain pen users would, I suspect, be the United Kingdom. We carry uh, two sort of small maker brands um, Back Pocket, which is uh, an Aussie living uh, or working in London, uh, just in Avery. Um, his back pocket range. We've talked about it before. Certainly, it's got yeah. the uh, the SpaceX covers is one of his sort of premium so nice. offerings. Yeah. Uh, that paper is gorgeous. It's uh, it's 100 GSM. And uh, similarly, we've got some notebooks from Dark Star Collection, which is the work of Craig Yannick, who lives in Wales. Uh, again, 100 GSM paper. Uh, very simple notebooks. Uh, handmade. But really really nice quality paper and if you like sort of understated style that's dark Star is for you it's they tend to be black covers uh, embossed logo uh, quite quite sort of uh, sort of stealthy notebook but the paper really good quality back pocket a few. little bit quirkier so SpaceX covers or cricket covers or uh, guitar U-K-Lily. covers yeah but again the paper is just awesome. Um, and then the final one I was going to touch on from the UK would be Sylvine, which uh, Sylvine original as uh, an old, old brand that anybody British will have some sort of memory of it because it kind of used to I be do. in everybody's yeah. pocket, it used to be in the butcher's pocket, the milkman's pocket. Uh, you would see it in the general store, uh, very sort of bright red cover uh, with ruled paper inside nearly always. Uh so a, so a, uh um, sorry, a Singer Sewn binding. Um and again, really, really nice paper. Those are the paper is made in Britain. Um the covers are made in Britain, the notebook is assembled in Britain. Uh it's a very old, old brand that's now been revived, and they make some wonderful quality in really weird sizes. Their pocket <laughs> their pocket notebook is tiny. Um, it's yes, smaller it is. than an American pocket, um, and then their memo, which is the next size up, is bigger than a six. Um, you will either <laughs> love that, or you'll hate it. And I've just had a customer <laughs> return their silver coins because they they had no idea of the sizing. I uh, think
0: they expected them to be normal and then just did not conform.
1: Absolutely, um, it's you know it's very easy to to assume that the book is going to be the, the same size as every other. Um, even even if the the dims are there, unless you are familiar with the dimensions of of pocket notebooks, it won't necessarily mean very much to you. Uh, but the Sylvine pockets are notably smaller than uh, a normal U.S. size or A6 size pocket notebook. So I yeah. I struggle to use the pocket ones. I'm I, I like the memo ones, but the pocket ones are a bit too small for me, particularly with a with a broad nib.
0: Yeah, it's like a letter, a line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I mean, I, I'll write stew and that's a page gone. So, um, <laughs> and the other one I wanted to mention that I did, did touch on earlier was, uh, was Story Supply, who, um, his, uh, Vito's latest line is called, uh, Ithaca or Ithaca, if you want to get all Greek about the whole thing, um, from, uh, Homer's, uh, I don't know, if it's the Iliad, perhaps, probably uh, Odyssey. Not sure. Homer's What's
0: Odyssey. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know.
1: I'm not yeah, going to pretend the, to be
0: middle class enough
1: to know. <laughs> <laughs> you should have gone to public school, old boy. You've done it at school. <laughs> what? Um, or you could have gone to public school like I did and forgotten. Um, but it's um, really nice paper, really nice covers. I, I would say it's probably Story Supply's best book yet. But any of their range um, is is fountain Pan friendly. Certainly much more fountain pen friendly than any of the other US brands that I've come across. Wow. So there we go. That was a sort of comprehensive monologue. A deep
0: dive, um, yeah.
1: On, on uh, fountain pens. That's kind of my thing. I appreciate. Uh, have you, because you've got a pen now. I mean, have you tried them in pocket notebooks?
0: Yeah, bits and pieces. Um, I actually, the pen that you gifted me, the... Um, Nakamu. Help me with the name. What was it called?
1: Oh, the. uh, Oh, the. It wasn't the Nova, was it? It was the one after the Nova. Uh, I'm sure Naka something?
0: Nakamu? It's Namisu.
1: Namisu, that's the Um, one. And it was in Titanic. Yeah, the pen itself was cool. Oh, it'll come to me in a second. Probably because I'll Google it, to be honest. Ixion, maybe? That's him, the Ixion. Not the easiest name to remember, is it?
0: (laughs) It's a lovely pen. Uh, I actually used it up uh, the other day. I had some nice green ink in it, and I used it up on some legal paper while I was um, marking some uh, presentations and sort of nice, enjoying my sort of swoopy handwriting that I sort of default to when I'm writing with fountain pen. And then Mm -hmm. it, it got patchier and patchier. And I started shaking it. And then I realized that they were watching me trying to write things instead of doing the presentation. So I switched to pencil um, (laughs) because I was distracting them. But uh, I haven't filled it up again since. But no, I'm always hesitant to use uh, any kind of heavy ink or fountain pen in a pocket notebook because the purpose of a pocket notebook, especially for me, is run and gun notes. Like I need to flip it out, sketch some things down, write a note, jot something in and then put it back in my pocket. I don't want to wait for it to dry. I don't want to fumble for a pen that's going to maybe you know scribble and scribble. It's not coming out. You got to you got to do that trick where you you roll the rollerball pen on the rubber of your shoe to get the ball moving again. <laughs> Stupid stuff like that. It just I love good pens. Not nearly as much as pencils, but I do enjoy a really good pen. And I enjoy, you know, ballpoints and and fine liners and all that kind of thing. But there's a certain amount of hassle, a baseline hassle that I have to get over to use them most of the time. Whereas a pencil is, unless it's broken, it's perfectly good for writing. And so sure. it's a binary state. It's either good or it's not good. And I have so many that there's always one that's good. So I default to pencil most times. But like I say, in my Field Notes uh, planner, I've, I've switched to fine liner pens. And I'm enjoying those a whole lot because they dry almost immediately. And they're a little bit more permanent. And they're actually finer than some of the pencils I can get. Because my pencils tend to be on the darker side, sort of more towards 2B in the B side rather than uh, H or F. Yeah, I can sharpen them quite fine, but that lead disappears fast and when it is there is not very sturdy. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to get a very fine point all the time. And I do like a fine point when I'm writing. So... These little 0.1 fineliners, they're constant, they never change, so it's it's quite nice to be able to just scribble away and your width never changes, it never gets dull, you don't have to sharpen it. I'm enjoying that aspect of it, but certainly um, I've been stung before with pens leaking in pockets and being snapped or chewing the end of a pen and then ending up with a blue mouth. I mean, all these, All these ways pens have betrayed me over the years and pencils have been steadfast and and held true. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm the pens being, have
1: betrayed you. I mean, I think you've, you've misused them in their defense, well,
0: you, know, <laughs> you know, six of one tomato, tomato. I I'm coming around. I'm coming around. I definitely <laughs> no. like pens much more than I, I, I did when I got super into the pencil stuff. Uh, and I'm starting to see that, you know, pencil is fantastic, but it's not the be all end all. It's not the use case for everything, no matter what. Uh, and I'm enjoying testing i think part of that is because it's not my thing i get a little element of that like oh what's this and try that and i've used so many pencils now that it takes a really weird and wonderful one for me to stop and go oh that's really quite nice because most of the time i'm just like oh i want to use some japanese or american or whatever and i'll just grab something for the day and that's my daily writer but at least with pens there's still a little bit of novelty with the the broad range of stuff because i haven't really dived in too deep but um yeah, I just, pens tend to be a little bit more arty-farty in a way. Like, I can go deep on pencil grades and bauxite clay to graphite mixtures and, and a whole bunch of really esoteric, useless knowledge, but people start getting into the names of inks and things like that, and I just, I switch off because it's it's red. Like, I can tell you the hex codes for certain colors that I use, the hexadecimal codes that identify uh-huh. them within Illustrator. But I don't care that you're using elephant's breath or snake's cough or, or whatever variant of green that you're writing with. It, it's green or it's dark green or it's teal. It's not some litany of adjectives that just, I don't know. There's something there that I don't, I don't quite get it.
1: I think I, in many ways, I think that, that pens as in fountain pens and pencils are, they're almost two sides of a coin because neither of those, forgive me for blaspheming, um, is a terribly practical writing instrument. As you say, pens do take a little bit of looking after you have to fill them up. Um, if you don't use them every day then many of them will take a little little while to get started you'll have to mm-hmm. do that sort of mucking about that you're talking about um and pencils similarly you know they they do need sharpening you do need to have a sharpener available of of whatever form you choose um and and they take a little bit of sort of tlc to to keep performing in the middle are those modern inventions that People from both ends of the spectrum tend to look down on, um, like fine liners or or, or ballpoint pens. I said ballpoints, <laughs> um, which the you know, Yeah, they kind of work. Um, they then perhaps not as enjoyable a writing experience, but that's very subjective. And they don't have the variation in line or in sheen or any of the other things that any of the obsessives obsess about yeah Uh, but they do make marks on paper which ultimately is what the thing was designed for and i mean i i notice it when i do camino or hiking or even just commuting to walk uh commuting to walk commuting to work in my pocket goes a pocket notebook and a bullet pen and a yeah. bullet pen is not a fantastic writing experience. I would, wouldn't would recommend the writing experience of the bullet pen, but it's really small until I post it, in which case it's perfectly usable. Uh, it writes upside down. It writes in the wet. It writes in the snow. It writes in the hot. It writes in the cold. It just works. And that's better than taking my rucksack off while I seek out a double hole sharpener to sharpen my pencil. <laughs> Or even worse, an ink pen uh, requiring re-inking. I mean, as you say, there's hassle at both ends of that spectrum. Different types of hassle, but hassle nevertheless. And I think it is really easy to overlook that sort of middle ground of things like fineliners, which you can see the ink level in most fineliners. You can see when they're going to run out. Uh, They're as cheap as chips uh, and they just work. Yeah, they just go. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, and then, it's, it's you know, simple as it
1: is. When they're finished, you throw them in the bed and use another one.
0: Yeah. There's something to be said for most stationery, I think. You know, you can you can make the case for almost any little corner of it and it, it, it's all personal preference, right? It's all marks on paper. Sure. At the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter but if it matters to you, then it's worth caring about, you know? So, yes, in a way, it's irrelevant whether you pick a, a fountain pen or a pencil or the trusty biro. But then in another way, I mean, you're going down a road of, well, does anything matter? Does it matter what you eat? Does it matter? You know, if you enjoy it, it's worth caring about. So it's yeah. a very personal thing. So you love fountain pens. I'm coming around, but I will always have a very soft spot for pencils because they just, I don't know, there's something, it's maybe the wood in them or something. I like the the natural element there. And, the graphite and, I don't know, I like the the rigidity and symmetry of carbon. There's something satisfyingly stable there.
1: Well, I can confirm with all the, the sexual language they're using there about rigidity and, and all the firmness, <laughs> that the pencils in my office do appear to be multiplying. There's thousands of them. Yeah,
0: um, it's the company you keep, isn't it? You're just falling in with a bad kind.
1: Well, I have to say they're very decorative. I posted a picture of, of the view from my desk the other day, and there's just lines of, of glasses full of pencils, and there's something very seductive about them, I've got to say.
0: <laughs> so apparently I can laser etch pencils with this thing, this laser cutter. Um, it's wow. a very fine detail, but uh, I'm going to have a go at some stage, once I've worked out how not to burn the building down.
1: Yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, I suppose we should actually talk about uh, talk about pencils and notebooks. Do you have any sort of preferences of what pencils you use with which notebooks?
0: Yeah, again, this is all personal preference, I think, because there are practical things I can tell you, and I, I'll go dip into it in a little bit, but for the most part, it's about what you enjoy and what you will mm. write with. So I tend to err on the side of darker pencils. I like the darker line better. I like... The, the feel of it on the paper better. So at the minute, I'm writing show notes with a Cedar Point, uh, And it's one of the original ones that I bought when I was in England because uh, it's a, almost a stub. And Cedar Point's a lovely pencil. They call it um, a number two HB. Uh, in reality, it's probably a little darker than an HB would be, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, and then a European or German HB, it feels a little darker than that because, of course, there's no standardization among uh, pencil gratings, much to my consistent irritation. Uh, They all never got together and decided what H was or what B was. So we just have this weird global non-standard. But um, Japanese pencils and American pencils uh, tend to be darker uh, than their European counterparts. And as a result, I will find myself writing with more American pencils or Japanese pencils than European ones. Uh, black Wings, Field Notes, things like that. I enjoy Cedar Points, Generals, all those. I have so many that I kind of just rotate through whatever's there. And you mm-hmm. are very kind and send me the new Black Wings and Odds and End pencils every now and again. So I'm well stocked with things to try. And because I have so many, I tend to want variety over anything else. So my notes are not consistent. You know, one page will be lighter than the other and one page will be considerably darker, and one page will look like it's written with coal. Um, So it it very much depends on what I'm using on the day. Sometimes I'm using weird Chinese pencils that I find in a street market in Jin, and some days I'm using the latest Blackwing volumes. So it it really does vary quite substantially. Um, But what I have found is that pencils are only as good as you, the sort of the format and the framework and the way that you use them. So if you're a lefty, you're going to have a hard time of it if you're using anything darker than a 2B because you're going to be smudging all over the show. And that's just <laughs> an unfortunate scenario given no, your... De- uh,
1: depends unknown. how you write. So I'm <laughs> Even I'm I an underwriter. So I'm a lefty. Yeah. I'm an underwriter. So I I get away with it. I can use anything. So but Meg is a lefty. Yeah, I'd Is she an overwriter? Not.
0: Yeah. Oh, smudge city. Everything comes out with a sheen of graphite. And her hand is just, you know that black smudge you get from the base yep. of your pinky all the way down to your wrist? That is consistent. Yeah, yeah. So, again, if you're a lefty, you're not going to want to use the same pencils. Maybe if you don't want your hands dirty, you're going to want to go for itch or two itch or something quite hard, which isn't going to leave that excess graphite on the page, which means your hands are going to be cleaner at the end of the day. It's, <laughs> so much of this is is preference. Again, papers and pencils all pencils will work with almost all papers Uh, I think I've only ever found one that didn't work and it was a really really like laminated weird plasticky pencil resistant paper and it was like trying to write on I don't pencil writes on everything I don't even know what it was trying to write on it was just resistant to pencil marks and so the pencil just felt like it was gliding about a millimetre off the page and nothing was happening but yeah, I think some time. of the
1: waterproof papers can be a little bit ropey, yes, particularly with yes. an H pencil, which is is not as dark anyway. Yeah, then it can sort of struggle to make an impact. And uh, you know, interesting, the latest um, the field notes, the coasts, because that reticle grid is so so strong. Yes, I'm I don't think you'd that. want to be writing with a two H on that.
0: Oh no, it completely obliterated because your eye is seeing this grid of little crosses and ignoring everything in between, which is noise to it. So it's very hard. Like I use a, an HB and a number two and even a 2B sometimes in that. Mm. And I find it hard sometimes I have to look properly. Um, so definitely the the innards of the pen, of the notebook is going to affect how you see it and that's going to in turn affect what you want to use. So, you know, it, it it's such a hard question to answer. I can't answer it objectively because there isn't an objective answer. I can mentioned some pencils and notebook combos that I really like. So I do enjoy a solid HB or number two pencil in the Field Notes Expedition, which is the waterproof paper. Mm -hmm. That is some of the nicest paper for pencils that I've ever used. And I know that's another Marmite one. I know that people don't necessarily like that paper because it is, uh, it's Yupo synthetic paper and it's waterproof. And the pencil just glides. It's like an ice rink. And it's such a novel experience from, you know, most paper is vaguely toothy. And so we'll grab the lead and you can see it basically pulling carbon atoms off the end of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the expedition is like skating on ice. It just keeps going. There's almost no resistance, but it, it lays down a nice wide line of graphite. So it looks really good. And it's also really easy to write on. So it's a weird, unique one. Um, and I, I went and bought some of the UPO paper. Like a, a like a a sheaf or a ream? What's the terminology for paper? Um, oh, both of those. Both of those. I think it was a small one, so a sheaf. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I bought some of that UPO synthetic paper, and right now, if it is it, it is the paper, it's not just some weird thing Field Notes has done to it. It is that paper. The UPO synthetic it tends to be really really nice for pen, uh, pencil. So I really enjoy that. I know some people would laugh and say that's horrendous. How could you possibly write on it? It tends to stick to the other page a little bit. It's one of the few times you get graphite transfer between I forget, pages.
1: I think it's also, as you say there, it's about use case. Um, I, I suspect if you're trying to sketch on that, it might be quite hard.
0: Yeah, the more graphite you pin onto those pages, the more graphite is floating around in the notebook because it mm. doesn't all stick. Sure. So um, I use uh, Blackwing 602 in my Blackwing Slate every day in work. That's my go-to companion for meetings and notes and things like that. Um, I use a Forest Choice at the minute because I'm really digging the... the it, it, There is a lacquer or a very thin polish or something on there because it doesn't feel like a cedar point, which is unlacquered. But I'm loving the Forest Choice, so I'm writing with those a bunch Um, in my Field Notes Coastal, which is my pocket notebook to, uh, of the day. But I also use a little Konoor clutch pencil, which has a big, thick, chunky... It's like a 3mm, mil, mil, um, 4mm... 2B lead in it.
1: Oh, that's, that's, that's funny because I've written the same thing in the show notes except I've talked about the the coeco version, the SketchUp it's called. It's like, a, yeah. I think we've got a 5mm and a 7mm one. They're enormous.
0: Yeah. Huge big like logs of graphite you're writing with. So yeah. I, uh, I actually shaved mine down this morning so I'd have a nicer point. So I just took the pocket knife to it. But it's lovely to write with. But again, your mileage may vary. It's like writing with the the head of a nail sometimes it's quite big compared to a pencil lead so you gotta want that or else it's not gonna be pleasant so again it's such a hard question to answer there's so many good combos there's so many bad combos and then those combos change depending on what you like so
1: absolutely I I mean I think sorry it's it it is as you say use case has such an impact yes Um, if you are absolutely a note taker because you you desperately want to remember things, to-do lists, that sort of thing, then um, you know a pencil or a fountain pen might not actually be the right tool for you. You might need something far more practical, far more reliable. Um, I mean, I use pens and pencils uh, at work and at home, but in either of those locations, I have at least five sharpeners available and probably about 12 inks. <laughs> yes, um, and 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 I actually enjoy that whole process of sharpening a pencil, or refilling a pen, or cleaning a pen, or, um, and I use it for for musing, you know, for sitting there and just and jotting something down for the sake of jotting something down for yeah. being creative, for being expressive. Uh, that's where those sort of, for my mind, the extremes of the the scale work really well. Um, but if you are someone who's noting and using a pocket notebook because you really want to just be on top of stuff and when an idea comes to you you want to remember it, then you need something more practical. You need something that can sit in your pocket and not get broken, not be affected by the weather. Um you know, I, I hate to think what would happen to a pencil if I put it in my back pocket. I I, no, I can imagine get- it wouldn't be pretty
0: lots of shards of wood and some graphite dust, basically. Yeah, and
1: possibly possibly a sort of satisfying crack once during the day. That would, that would be <laughs> about the best we get out of it. And, and Again, it is, as yeah, you say, right. very it's, personal. It,
0: it very much depends on what you want to use it for and your personal use case. And that's different for everybody. But practicality means that you want something that will write every time, no matter what. And pencils... I love them. But keeping a point on a pencil is sometimes one of the most difficult things to do. You know, be it point protectors or nice pencil cases or carefully managed pocket protectors or whatever you have. It's not an easy thing to do sometimes. And Mm. leads get broken. And when leads get broken and you don't have a sharpener, you know, you can scratch that thing on a rock until it's vaguely sharp, but it's not going to be fun. Whereas a ballpoint is a ballpoint and there's not a whole lot you can do to it that'll stop it working aside from break it in half or something so they're quite solid and they're quite sturdy so if you just want to write all the time and you want to have something dependable that will never let you down and you don't really mind what it is ballpoint if you want the pomp you want the circumstance you want something with a little bit more creativity and ritual behind it then maybe fountain pens you know you have the time and the energy to expend getting it ready and then you enjoy the process, then perhaps the fountain pen is your kind of, it's part of that creative experience for you. And maybe if you want that that natural kind of almost scholastic school-esque mindset, you know, I've, I find it quite invigorating. You know, it makes me think of education and learning and an open mind and being curious, having a pencil, because it's that kind of the earliest tool we're given to to write things down and create things and so i i f- always feel quite creative when i use them so if that appeals to you if that kind of baseline creativity and and creation of words or graphics or whatever it might be if that's your jam then maybe pencils and sharpening and carefully picking out grades is is your thing so you know marmite your your mileage will vary but Different strokes. And uh, that's part of it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I before I got into this business, I'd never heard of Blackwing. And then I heard of Blackwing pencils and I tried a few of those and thought, wow, these are pretty cool. And then I heard of, of Blackwing notebooks, which sort of companion to those pencils. And surprise, mm-hmm. surprise that they work pretty well together, as you, as you might expect. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. I think that, again, I think it's, Pens and pencils share this in that you can doodle with a pencil and you can doodle with a fountain pen because you can apply uh, or it's much easier to apply shading, to to make different shapes, different line widths with those two instruments than perhaps it is with just a normal ballpoint. I appreciate that it's Mm -hmm. completely possible to do it with a ballpoint. But I find myself doodling a lot more with a pencil or even heaven for sketching with a pencil than yeah. perhaps I would with, with a ballpoint. And there is something I think, well, I, I don't think I know it's been proven. That sort of activity uh, with your hands does help you remember and retain things. It does help the creative process. Uh, and that's. I use my notebooks for being organized and, and taking notes, but I also use it for... Um, Finding that that the sort of inner muse, yeah, for creation, imagination, and for those purposes, sitting at my table or at my desk, then using a pencil or a pen is much more fun. And by pen, I mean fountain pen is much more <laughs> fun for me. But yeah. um, fountain pens for me tend to live more in my A fives or, or larger, just because it's more practical. If You know, I I can fill an A4 page with one signature if if I set my mind to it. So I I need bigger bits of paper to be able to express with a fountain pen. Whereas with a Mm. pencil, you can write tiny, if you've got a sharpener, you can write tiny little stuff or really big stuff.
0: Marvellous. So what we're saying is there is no answer. None of what we said matters and it really depends on what you want.
1: Absolutely. That was that was an hour and ten minutes just going down a blind alley, really. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it is. It's it's what, that age-old thing. It's what you want it to be, you know? It's what you want out of it. And uh, everybody will have their own little niche, their own little preference. And that's fine. There is no prescribed ideal. There is no option. There's no combination that is objectively perfect. You know, I cannot say this pen, this notebook perfect for everybody every time because it just doesn't happen you know, but it's, I like these pencils I like these notebooks, I like these pens and they work well together and you sell most of them
1: Uh, Increasingly so without any of my, I don't know how this happens TJ, but I just keep finding more pencils and stuff, so Cedar Points and US General Blackwing, we have all those guys now. Fantastic
0: it, it, it warms my heart to see those pencils being brought over to the UK in a bigger way because it was always a gold mine to stumble across them somewhere. You know, some shop that bought them in accidentally or 10 years ago and it's new old stock sitting on the shelves. And mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to see someone stocking them day to day, reasonable prices, sticking them up, letting people try them because um, I get a lot of enjoyment out of them. I get a lot of enjoyment still. You know, three or four nearly years on it's a big part of my life and I still really really enjoy it and it, it's cool that people share that and it's cool that people all over the world listen to us wax lyrical about it
1: I have been Stuart Lennon
0: and I have been T.J. Cosgrove remember to make the past the present, in the future this, as always was 1857